Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. In this week's Grow Guides, we're going to be talking about growing cannabis in cocoa qua. This is a very popular medium. There's lots of cannabis growers who use cocoa to grow their cannabis. So we thought we would cover it and make sure that if you wanted to get involved with cocoa grow, you had all the information you needed to get started. Of course, if you have any questions, you can always head over to PersysGrowRoom.com or our Discord server if you're on Discord and you can ask questions there and we're always happy to help. So if you have any questions, don't be afraid to ask. Uh, just a quick shout out to Sunday's episode where we're going to be discussing building your own living soil. So if you're free on Sunday, uh, 9 p.m. GMT, 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific, then you can head over to youtube.com slash high and homegrown. The stream is already scheduled, so you can join us already. And just hit the notification button so you get reminded when the stream starts. And hopefully we'll see you there on Sunday for the live stream. It'll be good to see you there. But for now, here is the Grow Guides, which is all about growing cannabis in cocoa. Enjoy. I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. So here we go. This week, we're going to go into more detail on cocoa qua, which is a medium for growing cannabis. So, and lots of people use cocoa. I mean, I don't know. I used to hear, I don't think it's the case anymore, but I used to hear about it. It's like cocoa is the most popular medium for growing cannabis. Does anybody hear that back in the day? I think it depends <laughs> yeah. upon who you ask, probably, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's just a very easy medium. And though it, it, it looks like soil, but it's not soil and it's considered a hydroponic medium. So you have to treat it a little bit differently than what you treat soil. So we're going to give a rundown of the different things that you have to do when you grow in cannabis in cocoa. You know, what kind of foods you want to feed it, what kind of uh, pH you're looking at. Uh, just some tips and tricks on how to make the grow go smoothly. So, you know, just to... Uh, uh, maybe convince some people to try cocoa if you haven't tried cocoa before because it's a real fucking good medium and though soil is easy once you get your head around the numbers and shit and, and learn how to grow with cocoa cocoa is like incredibly simple it's all growing by numbers as long as you keep on track of everything uh, cocoa is fucking beautiful and i recommend growing with cocoa for most new growers if you got the budget to buy the cocoa the food, the pH and EC meter, shit like that. You got the, the budget to go and buy that equipment. Cocoa is the way to go for a new grower, for sure. Yeah, so, the reason on that would probably be because cocoa is easy to fix if you make a mistake. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like know? in 24 hours, you fix a problem in cocoa. Yeah, and soil would take you days to, to, to slowly get your plant back on track. Cocoa is instantaneous fix, you're done. Mm -hmm. So let's start off with the fucking, the basics right at the beginning. What the fuck? is cocoa marge do you want to answer that question you know what cocoa is uh sort of i've never actually used it myself i know right. a lot of people have and you monkey don't you you're a big cocoa absolutely I'm, I'm dedicated to my cocoa right i just coconut derived uh, yeah, but coconut pretty much yeah it, it's yeah. the husk and the husk of uh yeah it's coconut. the outer husk of the coconut it's you get all the pith out you want that fibrous stuff it's a cocoa core that's what we want mm -hmm. and it's soaked for like six months in salt water 
and then it's uh, taken out and dried off, I think. And it's uh, brown then, and it's all mashed up and shit. It looks it looks a little bit like soil. It's lighter than soil. Like it's not so dark brown. It's a lighter brown, and it's just a. Uh, it's void of nutrients, so it doesn't have any nutrients in it whatsoever. So you can just add your own nutrients to it, and you know how much you give in your plants all the time. But it's pretty much just the husk of coconuts. So it's, uh, it's uh, it used to be thrown away. You know, they make the coconuts, mm-hmm. they'd get the uh, coconut milk and shit, and then they'd just throw away the outer shell instead yeah. of using it. But now they uh they they use that shit to make cocoa. So. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's great stuff because I mean, it's like you said, nutrient void, but it's extremely hydrophilic into the uh, so it, it's easy to water. It loves to be wet, mm-hmm. and the magic with cocoa is that when it's soaking wet, the wettest you can possibly get it, it's at the perfect combination of air and a moisture for your plant roots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's like the perfect uh, hydroponics on training wheels is a good way to put it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just a real nice, easy medium to use, man. So you want to look out for specific brands. Now, in the UK, really, the one I recommend and the only one you should really use is uh, Canna. You know, Canna Cocoa Professional, it's called. And that shit is the shit. Because you can't just use coconut husk on its own because when you add nutrients to it, it starts to absorb the nutrients into the actual coconut husk and it doesn't get to your plants like you want it to be. So it has to be something called buffered before you use it to grow plants in. And it's usually soaked in a, a high calcium solution, like they put loads of cow mag in it, leave it to soak in there because then the cocoa will absorb all the calcium out of the water and it puts it into the cocoa itself so it doesn't uh, leach it from your plant instead. So it needs to be yeah. buffered first. And you can do that yourself if you want to. You can buffer the cocoa. Say if you've got the cheap stuff, you can buy from Wilkinson's here in the UK. Just cheap. It's like a hard brick. Uh, and you can use that for like mushroom growing and shit as well. It comes as a hard brick. You soak it in some water and it expands out. You don't want that stuff unless you're going to buffer it first. It's better to buy it in the bag because it's already made. Then it's already ready to go. You can just stick it in a pot, stick a seed in it, and you can start using it. You can do it that way. Now, I actually buy the can of bricks myself. Okay. I, I, it's cheaper for me to get it shipped. It's uh, that kind of yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't mind buffering it. And the quality, I like the quality of the can of stuff. I've used other brands, and I, I'll pay a little bit extra for the can of brands. So you use can of bricks then, yeah, right? I do. Do I you buffer them, that? I do buffer them. So how, how um, do you go about buffering? Because that would be an important thing to cover. Well, after you get you, you want to get your bricks, you want to wet them down and get them to expand. And then first of all, you want to wash your, your, uh, your peat, put it into like a colander with a hose stream and you're trying to wash any fine, super fines that are in the cocoa out. So you will wash a little bit of the fine dust out of it. Once you get it all washed and wet, you're going to take this wet cocoa and you're going to submerge it in a solution of CalMag that is one and a half times as strong as the label tells you to mix it. And you want to make sure that, that you're, Cocoa is completely submerged and you're going to leave it for about eight hours. And after eight hours. So, for example, when you say one and a half, it'll probably say four milliliter per liter on the cocoa bottle. So you'll Mm -hmm. use six milliliter per liter instead. That would would be be, be correct. You're going to use a heavier solution. You want to provide your your cocoa with plenty, plenty of the calcium and, and magnesium ions. What you're trying to do is you're trying to drive. Mackie had mentioned that salt water thing. Mm-hmm. Well, those sodium ions and those chlorine ions are still in your cocoa and you're trying to get that stuff out of there. 
and the CalMag is going to actually free that stuff out, saturate your cocoa with the good stuff, and you'll be off to the races. But yeah, soak for mm -hmm. about eight hours. You're going to soak the cocoa in a, a one and a half strength solution, one and one point five times strength of the manufacturer's label. Drain mm -hmm. that off, and I actually like to double buffer it. So I'll go back a second time and do it. Now I've done it. I have grown without double buffering, and I didn't get burned, but. For safety's sake, I just feel more comfortable double buffering. You know, again, as well, I mean, this sounds a little bit complex, but it really isn't. You're just leaving the brick no. to soak in some water with some calcium in it. And yeah. you don't even have to do this if you just buy it from the bag. You know, if you just get a 50-litre bag of Canna Cocoa Professional, this shit has already been done, and you only need to buffer the cocoa if you're reusing it after the grow, because you can reuse it as well. You don't have to throw it away. You can just right. buffer it use it again for the next growing. You can keep using it and using it and using it. So yeah, yeah we have a guide up on Percy's on how to buffer cocos. It's, mm -hmm, it's a mm -hmm. little, it's a long topic to talk your way through. The guide is good. So, you know, jump over to Percy's. If you want to learn how to buffer cocoa, mm -hmm, there's a, mm -hmm. a full guide over there. Just quick and shout out there to, free to read this week. Yeah, it's free, free this week only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick shout out there to Alistair. Alistair said, uh, love the show guys. Best podcast in the world for me. That's sweet. But he's got a dash. Looking forward to listening to the rest tomorrow. Work. Thanks for the mention, Mackie. It means a lot. How did you know I was going to mention it? Yeah, fucking hell. You're freaking me out, bro. <laughs> but yeah, pleasure. Uh, glad you like the show, bro. Anyway, back to Coco. So you don't have to buffer it, but if you're using bricks, if you're buying bricks from Amazon, then do buffer it before you use it for cannabis plants because otherwise you're going to suffer calcium deficiencies and you don't want that. So if you can't get the Canna Cocoa Professional. Is there any other brand you would recommend? TG, do you know of any brands in Canada of cocoa? Uh, no, I don't really know much about anything cocoa-wise. Uh, in my the grocery store I go to, I was just there yesterday, there's a big, I've never seen it, it's called, it says made from Humboldt. It comes right. from Humboldt County. Maybe it's, yeah, it just says it comes from like Humboldt County for some fucking reason, which may or may not be a good thing, you know, like, might be shitty stuff because there's you know just because it comes from humble doesn't mean it's good but mm -hmm. yeah uh there's there's bricks like you said uh here I've, I've looked at them and i am curious i'm just like i don't want to go buy a bunch of new shit um yeah yeah you so should give it a shot to... man if you haven't grown in coke yeah. before tg you really gotta give it a shot man you'd enjoy it oh yeah like and like i said i just don't want to buy any nutrient bottles um mm -hmm. if somebody wants to give me like a, a quick ab you know pk whatever the fuck little setup yeah i'll, I'll go ahead and and fucking run it but uh yeah, I don't want to buy anything, but mm -hmm. um, I am curious, like for sure, um, just because I've never done it before. So, so yeah, let's say so. then that the cocoa's buffered, or you've bought it in a bag, whichever one. Then mm -hmm. you're going to get it. You're going to put it in some pots. What size pots are you going to be using? I mean, for me, when I used to growing cocoa, then I would use just like a 500 milliliter pot, just a small one to get seedlings up and running. And then it'll be transplanted a couple of times throughout the grow. But I wouldn't really go over. 12 liters right so you don't right. need massive pots to be growing in cocoa now the biggest i'll use is 11 liters usually okay. now i have put them in in a five gallon pots just to see mm -hmm. didn't see that much much improvement really by going to a five but again i'm, I'm in a small tent size mm -hmm. so you know i can only let them go so far yeah so i'd start with the half a liter I'd go on to three liters, between three and five liters into the next pot. And then as the plant gets bigger, you know, I'd move on to the 12 mm -hmm. liter. And I'll use air pots as well. You know, air pots. 
Uh-huh. And then the plastic ones, all the bumps in, got holes in. Because the good thing about cocoa is you can get loads of air to the root of the plant, and the plant likes air. So it's it's real light, fluffy stuff. You can stick shitloads of water into it. You won't overwater your plants in cocoa. The water will just pour out the bottom of the pot. It holds a certain amount, and it, loads of air will get to the roots. So you want to use like the fabric pots or the air pots so the whole lot of the root zone can get shitloads of air mm-hmm. to it. So I like to use air pots. Check them out. They're real good, everybody. And you can mm-hmm. get them for a decent price nowadays. When they first came out, they weren't cheap. Yeah. Now, Bubble Hawk couldn't be here this week, and he is a cocoa grower, and he, he grows a little bit different in cocoa. He does, he and I are very similar in our practices, but he likes to fill one plant in, in, in a four by four. So he will plant right. in a five mm-hmm. or a seven, and he will actually push that plant with space. Mm-hmm. So if cocoa does have that advantage too, uh, if you give the plant room to go, you can really let it let it run because cocoa will feed it just like you know mainline constant nutrients mm-hmm. right at it if, if you do it right so but it's you just can't when, actually go big plants in it yeah it's just when you're starting out because the cocoa doesn't have any nutrients in like we said so you're going to be adding the nutrients yourself and the bigger the pot is the more nutrients and water you're going to have to add to the pot when you're watering it so if you're using a massive pot with a small plant then it's just a waste of all the nutrients you're just pouring them through the cocoa and it's never going to get used by the roots but if the roots are big enough then you can use these you know if you're going to veg a plant for eight to ten weeks then you want it to be in a huge fucking pot you know but if you're just going to do a usual five six week veg and then flower it then 12 to 15 liter pots would be perfect for a plant that size you know when you're doing the four plants in a four by four the standard grow the 12 to 15 liter perfect Yeah. yeah perfect size Definitely. But if you're going to do that one beast one, you know, then you're going to let it veg for a little bit longer. The roots are going to be bigger, so they're going to need more space. Then go for an even bigger pot. Yeah, cocoa is very flexible. You can do just about anything with it. I also grow micro grows in cocoa, which is great. Mm -hmm. So it's a very, very flexible media. Because you can constantly water it. This is the important thing with cocoa, is you can constantly water it. It's only going to hold a certain amount of water, and the plants are always going to be able to get a nice amount of air to the roots. So you overwatering is pretty much impossible. As long as you're removing the runoff from where every mm-hmm. time you feed, then you're going to be okay. So usually when you're growing in soil, because cocoa looks like soil, but it's different, it's hydroponics, you need to adjust the pH. You can't just water and hope everything's going to be okay. This is hydroponics, so you need to treat it as hydroponics. So the pH of cocoa needs to be around 5.8 during vegging. You can push it up to 6.2 in the flowering period, but 5.8 is perfect for cocoa while you're vegging plants. Mm-hmm. So, you're talking about you actually the feed that you're putting in there, not actually the pH of the media itself, right? Well, the pH of the medium will swing when it as the plant drinks water yes. and it evaporates and the salt, you know, the, the right. pH will fluctuate just a little bit. But when you've, when you're mixing your nutrients up, you know, you're going to add your nutrients to water then you're going to check it to make sure that the pH is 5.8 and then you're going to feed it to the plant. And that will change the root zone to be the same pH as what the, the nutrient solution was, which you've watered, which will be around 5.8. But as it dries out, the pH will change a little bit. But you, this is why you water every day. It's important to never let your cocoa dry out because as the cocoa dries, it leaves the salts behind from the nutrients and that changes the pH of the medium if the ph goes off the plant isn't going to eat properly so always keep the cocoa damp and you can do that by watering every day or you can even set up an auto feeder and feed the plant for a minute or so every hour 
Yeah, there's lots of different ways you can do it with an auto feeder, but as long as the cocoa remains wet at all times, the plant's going to be happy. It just depends on how much nutrients you're going to put into the medium. And did you want to cover that bit, Monkey? What nutrients do you use when you when you were use advanced, right? I use advanced nutrients. I use the Sensi Cocoa formula. I mean, some people love it, some people hate it. It works for me, so that's mm -hmm. what I'm using right now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the one thing in cocoa nutrients that I've found across the board is that every manufacturer, again, tells you to use too much of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So early on, uh, advanced nutrients would be pretty much like canna would be, which I know you were familiar with, was the canna cocoa nutrients. Well, I used but, to use the uh, advanced nutrients as well, but I found it was really salty because of that pH mm -hmm. perfect technology. You know, the... That, right. uh, that makes it, it makes the EC much higher than what the plant's actually getting. So you might see that you're running at 1.8 EC, but realistically the food that's available to the plant is only at like 1.0 EC. So you use yeah. a lot more because I've, that, not, I've uh, not had that problem. Cause I'm, uh, of course I'm mixing in rainwater and other things. Mm -hmm. e the final EC that I'm feeding at with the advanced, uh, cocoa formula is probably 1.2. I rarely go above that. Mm -hmm. And the plants are always just loving it. Yeah, man. Um, keeping it keeping it light down. Keep there. it light, but man. Yeah. The plant's happy, isn't it? But no matter which what, what uh, nutrients you use, when you start off early with these nutrients, feeding the cocoa uh, is as important as feeding the feeding the plants. So uh, you're having to use early, uh, the nutrients that you should be using would be CalMag every time with cocoa, some CalMag in, in your feed, and then your your basic nutrients. I'm <clears> using an A and B. Some of it's an A, B, and a C. But those are your basic nutrients you're going to use. You're going to start at a quarter strength and just work it from there. And with mm -hmm. cocoa, you're going, you, you use meters most efficiently to decide what your plants are going to need. And the one thing that you're going to want to have if you're growing in cocoa is an EC meter. And you're going to want to have a quality one that's going to give you consistent readings across the board because mm -hmm. this is how you're going to decide what you're going to feed and how much you're going to feed your plants. Mm -hmm. Um what you'll do is you start off at a quarter of a strength and you'll just start feeding, feeding your seedlings that you'll find that it'll do just fine. But after a few days of feeding that, when you get runoff, every time you feed your plant in cocoa, you want to get about 10 to 20% running off. You can put more than that if you want, because you're not washing nutrients out of cocoa. There's no nutrients in it to wash out. Only, only nutrients are in the feed that you're putting in it. But you always want to get some runoff, like Mackie said, to get every, all the salts pulled out of everything like that. But after you get all that runoff, what you're going to do is take your EC meter and you measure, you should have measured your feed before you started. And then you're going to measure it at the end when it runs out of the pot. There should be a difference between the two. Usually there is. Ideally, there won't be. But if you're finding that the yeah. solution is less concentrated coming out the pot, that means your plant's eating a lot and it needs to have more put in. So you'd bump up your, your, your nutrient level a tiny bit next feeding mm -hmm. and then read it again. And so what you're trying to do is balance. If, if you're feeding the same as it's coming out, that means you're, you're perfect, you're balanced. Your, your plant is eating exactly what you're giving it and it's not wasting anything. So, so, so let's say, for example, you're growing a seedling in cocoa and yes. it's in the little 500 milliliter pot and you're mixing mm -hmm. up the food, you put, it, you put the pH to 5.8, you check the EC mm -hmm. and the EC is at 0.6, right? You're going to feed that to the plants in, in the cocoa. And then the next day, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to feed it exactly the same, 0.6 EC. And, and let's say, for example, that's a half a milliliter per liter of A and B, right? Mm -hmm. Mix that in, stir it up, pH to 5.8, 0.6 mm -hmm. EC. Then you water the plant, get a little bit of runoff. Now, when you check that runoff, 
if it's two points underneath, so let's say the, the runoff EC now is 0 0.4, it means you're not feeding the plant enough. The plant's taking more out of the nutrient solution than you're giving it. So you want to bump it up by a couple of EC points. So, so next time, give it 0 0.8 and then water it through and check the EC afterwards after a couple of days. But then if it's, uh, if it's... Equilibrium up sooner or later, mm -hmm. it'll balance. That's right. And if the runoff is coming out and it's saying 0 0.8 EC when you've been giving it 0 0.6, it means that you're feeding too much and the salt's being left behind. So mm -hmm. you want to feed a little bit less, drop the EC down to 0 0.5 next time you feed. And if you just keep doing that until the EC... Just a, a, it can come out the same, but it's okay if it's one point either side, like 0 0.5, 0 0.7. You're just trying to find that that balance where it's got it's coming out the same as it went in. And that's yeah. when you've got a happy plant. Now, I won't even make an adjustment to mine if, unless it's... Uh, 0.2 difference and if the plant is is looking fine and not seeing any deficiencies and it's within that 0.2 i'm good with that you know and after that i'll go ahead and tweak it but you don't need to chase those numbers exactly like mackie said because if you do you'll mm -hmm. be chasing forever it's gonna it's gonna swing every yeah. time you measure it a little bit that's uh, okay and let kane right in the chat there said i don't think an ec meter is essential no, nothing's really essential it's just nice to have you know, it's better have it and not need it than need it and not have it. If you're having problems with your plants, if the plant's looking ill, it's overfed, underfed, it's got deficiency, something's going on, then using your EC meter the way we've just recommended like that to check the, the EC going in and the EC coming out will make it a lot easier to diagnose what's going on with your plant and it'll make it a lot easier to fix the problem. So mm -hmm. if you can't afford it because they're like 50, 60 quid for a decent one, don't go any less than that. You don't buy one for £10 from Amazon because it's not going to be accurate enough. It's going to fuck you over. You want a decent one. Blue Lab or Essentials is what we recommend. Get one of those EC meters. Oh, man, you would you would freak out if I told you how much I spent on an EC pen. I spent next to nothing, and it's, and it's accurate, dead accurate. So you mm. can find a good cheap one out there. They exist. Um, the most cons the most important thing on an EC meter, though, is not so much what the reading is. Is it, is it accurate with lab standard? Is it going to read exactly the same every time you check it? That, mm -hmm. That's what's important. And that's what I keep preaching. You, you can spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get these, these fancy lab meters. But if you have one that's going to be within 0.1 on, on, on your testing, you know, and it's not micro Siemens. This, this is Siemens per square uh, centimeter, not micros. So if it's like point, if it's within point one every time, you've got a, an accurate enough meter to grow cannabis. You don't need to have lab quality here. And that's what's Mine, important but, here. Sorry, sorry, TJ. I just wanted to say just about meters. Um, make sure you learn how to calibrate mm. your meter mm. and like properly calibrate it on a kind of a schedule. You know, every three months. I do mine every. Th I don't even use mine. I, I use mine just to like monitor the Double pH check. of the tap yeah. water. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Just make sure. I, I'm very basic TDS and pH. I don't have an EC meter, but it is important to keep them working. TDS is EC, bro. Well, yeah, it's the <laughs> same, different side of the same coin kind of yeah. thing. You know? mm. But anyway, yeah, so uh, calibration, you know, using those buffering solutions and learning how to do that process properly is really, really important in terms of making sure that whatever you buy, whether it's a blue lab or a cheap one, um, is actually reading properly. Mm -hmm. And so, consistency yeah. is very important yeah. when you're growing in cocoa. You know, if you're giving it 0 0.6 when you're feeding it, stick to that for a few mm -hmm. days at least before you start changing things up. 
you know, in, where the AC meter comes in handy, like you said in the chat, that they were saying he didn't think it was necessary, is when things go tits up, that's when your AC meter is going to be your best friend because when you start taking these readings, it'll put you onto the problem pretty quick. Yeah. Otherwise, you're, you're guessing. That's right. You'll know straight away whether the plant's being underfed or overfed just by checking the runoff AC compared to the compared to the AC of the nutrient solution going in. You know, it's important. So and doing that will get you through the whole cocoa grow. Even if you're just using A and B, just monitor the EC going in and coming out and the pH as well. And as, if it's hungry, feed it more. If it's being fed too much, feed it less. That'll get you through the whole grow. And then you, you could, when you get to the flowering stage, you know, you want to start adding some um, PK 13, 14, or, you know, some kind of PK booster. And that will, you'll have to adjust things again then just to try and get the EC and everything balanced in the cocoa again. But it's really easy to do, man. And I know it sounds complex because of all of the ECs and the, the pH and all these different numbers. But after just a couple of days of working with it, you're going to understand what's going on. And mm -hmm. it's growing by numbers, man. You're just checking the numbers to see if everything's running okay. And if everything's running okay, just keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. There's just there's some things which people often overlook when they're growing in cocoa. They're thinking, for one, that it's like soil where you can let it dry out, you know, you wet, the wet and dry cycle, which is good when you're growing in soil. You'd water the plants so the medium's all wet, fully saturated, and then you wait three days, four days, five days until the pot is light, and you'll be lifting up the pot to check how much moisture is in it. And when it gets light, you water it again. This is what happens when you grow in soil. And it's not the same for cocoa. You know, cocoa is going to retain a certain amount of water and it won't hold too much. So you need to water it every day because if that, when that water starts evaporating out of it and leave the salts behind, it raises the pH and it's going to start causing problems. So water every day if you can. When you've got the really small plants, you know, the seedlings just a couple of weeks old, then you can get away with doing it every other day. But to keep it happy when the plant's grown, it's got a good, well-established root system, then watering every day and keeping the cocoa moist at all times is important. It is. Absolutely. What else do we have to look over here? Uh, what nutrients to use? Yeah, I, I, I've used Canna, just the Canna uh, range, man, and it's really cheap. You know, it, it's here in the UK, it is anyway. I'm not sure what it's like in the USA, because I think it's a UK company. But, you know, using canna cocoa with canna nutrients seems to make sense because canna, the, the company, is going to test their, their canna nutrients with their canna cocoa to see what works. <laughs> so, they, you know, the, the tests have been done to make sure that these two things work together nicely. So if you use the canna nutrients, just canna A and B with some uh, PK13, 14 when the plant's flowering in the canna cocoa is perfect. And you can just get some Vitalink pH up and down to go with it and then some CalMag of your choosing. And the CalMag will be used at different ratios depending on what your background EC is. And the background EC is simply the EC of the water before you've added anything to it. So just yeah, what we'll comes out. Measure of the purity based upon mostly calcium carbonate that's dissolved in your water. So mm -hmm. good, good stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah, like Becky said, keep it simple, especially if you're mm -hmm. starting with just buy the basic nutrients don't i mean you get you go to canada and they're going to have all the additives and all the fancy stuff in it in their list and on their schedule you don't need that mm -hmm. just kind of a and b and some pk 13 14 if you want to if you want to treat the plants when they're young then buy some rhizotonic as well because that, that will help the roots grow real nice but again that's not needed it's just it's a nice luxury to have yeah. if, you, if you just use kind of a and b you can get it from start to finish 
like to harvest time. You don't even need to add the PK 13, 14. It's nice to add that shit because the plant would appreciate it a lot more, but you don't necessarily need it. But, but you it. will need yeah, calmag. Yeah, you're going to need calmag and cocoa by all means. And that's it. After like uh, three or four weeks of growing into veg, the plant will start to look a little bit calcium deficient as well. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the plant's running out of calcium. It might be running out of magnesium. So what I used to like to do is spray the plants with some foliar feeding with uh, some Epsom salts, one tablespoon, no, a third of a tablespoon of Epsom salts to one liter of water and just foliar feed the plant. And that will help get the, can the uh, calcium moved around the plant a little bit more. Uh, Twisted asked there, when do you give the PK 13, 14? When the flowers start to grow, I mean, people differ on their opinion there. Some people like to give it like a week after flip. But when I start to see flowers forming on the plant, then that's when I'm like, the plant needs potassium at this point. And that's when I'll start adding it because that, that's, that's pretty much it, me too. I say it builds the flowers, you know, and because it's cocoa, it's instantly available to the plant. It's not like in soil, where, you know, organics, you need to wait for some time for it to become plant available. It's straight away available to the plant. As soon as it's in the medium, the plants are going to be using it. So as soon as you see flowers start to grow, then start adding PK 13, 14. And just do the checks with the EC. And if you're giving it too mm. much, the plant's going to tell you. You know, the runoff's going to tell you. Just test that shit. Right. And even with the PK and with the CalMag, remember, start at one-fourth what they tell you on the bottle. Mm -hmm. You can always add more, but it's hard as heck to take it out of the plant once it's burned. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So. That's right. It's much easier to fix an underfed plant than it is to fix an overfed plant. So it's always better to feed under. Indeed. That's always a, a lot of people do overfeed their plant when they first start growing. They think the plant needs a lot more nutrients than it actually does. But if you just follow that, the EC of the runoff versus the EC going in, then yeah. the plant will tell you if you're overfeeding or not. And this is a yeah, good thing uh, about cocoa. You don't get them same, same privileges in soil. I've never seen a manufacturer's feed chart that was, you know, in my opinion, accurate for mm -hmm. cannabis. They'll tell you that, I mean, some of these feed charts that I've been seeing are telling you to feed somewhere around 2.1, 2.4 in mid flower and cocoa. And I'm thinking, my gosh, the plant's going to be dead by then. You know, just, <laughs> uh, just too, that's just way too much. Why do they do that? Why do they recommend such high amounts if it's so So hard? you'll buy more. No, no, it's, it's because cannabis <laughs> is a herb. And it doesn't take these nutrient manufacturers. They're, they're thinking about people who are growing vegetables, you know, tomatoes and fucking mm -hmm. melons and shit. And they do take a lot more food. So they recommend these higher amounts. Cannabis is just a herbaceous plant. It doesn't take a lot of food to produce the fruits. So it, you, when you're using these nutrients that are made specifically for growing vegetables, it takes like a quarter of the amount they right. recommend on the bottle. Mm -hmm. It's just because they're designed for growing different things instead of cannabis. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Lee asked there as well, he asked a good question, how much water do you feed three gallon pot daily when it's mature? It's going to differ on the, on a few different things, man, but just water until you get in between 10 and 20% runoff, you know, and water too much if you have to, you know, fucking give it 20 liters, man. And it's all going to piss out the bottom, but then you're going to get a decent yeah. idea of how much your plant's taking every day. You should get all the water back. Say, but you got 17 liters out of the 20 liters. It means your plant's taking three liters. So next time feed it five liters. And then you're yeah. going to get three liters, which the plant will absorb. And then you get two liters coming back, which is a good amount of runoff to have. Well, see, with cocoa, you have the advantage of being able to water whenever you feel like it as often as you feel like mm -hmm. it. So you're not going to overwater your plants. So what I'll do in that, that catch situation on a three-gallon pot is I'll give it one liter in the morning and one liter in the mid-afternoon. Mid so 
split my waterings between two times, uses a little bit less water overall, and the plant's twice as happy because it's always mm -hmm. got nutrients. Mm -hmm. That's it. Man. I mean, you get such a flexible media, you can almost make up your grow plan with it. Yeah, it is just a beautiful way to grow, man. It's so simple. Once you get your head around those those initial things, the numbers, the EC and the pH, and how much nutrients to put in. Once you get your head right, it's so fucking easy. And if your plant has any problems, like, oh my God, that leaf's going a little bit yellow, you got to know what to do and it's going to be fixed in 24 hours, 48 hours at the most. It's going to be back to normal, back on schedule, doing yeah. its thing. And it's, it, it, you don't have the same privileges when you grow in, in soil. It can take a few, few days to figure out what the problem is and then treat it and make sure that the plant is back to normal so it can slow things down. But when you're in cocoa and it can get all those nutrients to straight into the root zone at the right levels and all that air going into the root zone as well, it, the plant's fucking happy as fuck. Just, and it'll just grow like a beast, man. And also, sometimes you'll see people add perlite to cocoa. That can I be do. done if you want to, but it, I don't find it to be necessary. Cocoa on its own has always got beautiful drainage, in my opinion. But some people do. They'd add like 30%. How much you add to your cocoa, monkey? I had 30%, but I also reuse my cocoa. So I think mm. that when you reuse your cocoa, it does change consistency. It starts breaking down over time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so I do believe the perlite, especially when you're reusing, it becomes more important. Mm -hmm. That's it. Just like uh, you just water more. That's all. It's, going to be, it's simple. Growing cocoa is simple. You just have to have the balls to try it, and then you'll do fine. And I've grown the healthiest plants I've ever seen growing in cocoa. You know, and soil was easy too. It's not like soil's difficult. But growing in organics, you just water a lot less, man. You spend a lot less time with the plants. Mm -hmm. but, uh, and don't don't be mistaken saying that that you know you can't do organics with cocoa. Yes, there are organic fertilizers that you can use in cocoa core. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I mean, BioBiz is, is a line that a lot of people at Percy's use. That is an organic line, and they grow in cocoa with it. Uh, other ones are out there too as well. So you want. Just to make sure we point out some things here, make sure that the cocoa stays wet. Don't let it dry out. You want between 10 and 20% of the water that you feed in when it's going into the plant. You want 10 or 20% to come out the bottom, the runoff. You don't ever just water it so it's wet again. Make sure you're washing out the old salts through the bottom by making sure you have enough runoff. 10 to 20% is usually plenty to get the old salts out of it. And when the runoff comes out the bottom of the pot, don't let the pot just sit in the runoff. Get rid of it. Drain it away. Don't leave it sitting in the tray because the, the soil will just, uh, the cocoa will just absorb it again. And that's going to leave you with pH and EC issues and the plant will suffer. So get rid of any runoff that comes out the bottom of the pot straight away. Uh, you can use auto feeders if you want to. That's something some people do. They'll set up a bucket, which is mm -hmm. full of the nutrients, put an air stone in it, let it bubble away, and then just have an air pump um, a nutrient pump like a pond pump or something like that that's it linked up to all the all the plants and it will feed automatically on a timer so that that makes it even easier you know if you don't have the time to water your plants every day you can set it up so a timer will water them every day for you instead and that's pretty easy to do and you can yeah. go out and check all of this out on persysgrowroom.com while it's while it's still free to come and join us remember but and uh one more thing man springtails you see this a lot in cocoa You'll, you'll yeah. see these little white things which will come out in the medium and it doesn't happen in every grow but occasionally you will see it and you see people come up on the forum and be like I've got bugs in my cocoa, what the mm -hmm. fuck is this? 
It's uh, yeah, it, it scared me the first time I saw them, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and they're always in my grow. I I use can of cocoa bricks, and I think that the eggs are in in the bricks, but it's okay, to, mm-hmm. because these are good bugs, absolutely good bugs. Yeah, they eat the dead, decaying uh, roots. They eat the uh, the 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 cocoa peat that you want to get rid of, all that organic matter. So they're eating your garbage and they're pooping out good stuff for the plant to eat. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You know, if you, uh, for me at least, every time I pump out the runoff out of the tent, I just see this white dust floating on top of it. And it's just mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of springtails in it. Yeah, thousands, man. Loads. Like, I remember when I first the, seen them and I freaked out. Like, what the fuck? Oh my God, my plants are going to die. <laughs> yeah, I've got a video on my YouTube channel of them jumping, jumping in, in the runoff bucket. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing when you first start seeing them. What is that dust? It, because it looks, the re- reason you notice it is because all the dust is exactly the same shape and size. And that's just not natural. Mm-hmm. And then you start looking at it, that dust is moving down there. What is this stuff? But yeah, it's not a bad thing. Uh, springtails, look look for them. The little white looking, they got antennas on them and what looks like a pincher on the front, but they mm-hmm. will not, they don't eat your plants. Uh, root zones look healthy as can be if, if you check them when you have springtails. So don't be afraid of springtails. Um, it's like a benign insect kind of thing. Sorry, Marge? You said they're like a benign insect of some kind then? Beneficial yeah, they're just, insect, yeah, they just uh, they just eat dead stuff. They won't eat your plant. They'll just eat dead stuff, shit it out, put nutrients yeah. back in. People use them in uh, like aquariums sometimes, turtle tanks, things like that. You can use springtails to clean up algae and, and that kind of shit. They're pretty good, man. But they'll just appear in your cocoa sometimes. So don't get freaked out if you see that. Bubble Huck also said fungus gnats. You shouldn't see fungus gnats too much because the fungus gnats like to feed on woody stuff. Yeah, and I've had fungus gnats before from cocoa, but that's because I wasn't using the good shit. I used Plagoron, and they had big chunks of fucking wood in the cocoa, and that's what the fungus gnats like. They like to eat on the wood and stuff fungus grows on. But if yeah. you're doing things properly and there's no big chunks of wood in your cocoa, you shouldn't see many fungus gnats. And if they do appear, they won't be along. They won't be. I must be doing long. something. I must be doing something wrong then, because before I, I started a few practices, I had fungus gnats all the time in my cocoa. Yeah, but did you now, get big chunks in your cocoa though. No, I didn't. But but the top of the top of the cocoa was always wet because it was hand watering, and so in the top of top of any media that's wet like that, and it is a woody material, and, and the fungus gnats they thrived in the stuff. I mean, I, they, I was going crazy on my first grow or two before I discovered my ultimate solution, but. You know, yeah, in the cocoa bags, they, yeah, they're, they're when it's stored badly, then they'll get in there. Yeah, I know ne- the only one time I ever had bugs when I was growing in cocoa is when I did that one time when I used playground and when it had the wood in and I got fungus gnats. But I went for years without seeing bugs in my grow tent when I was growing in cocoa, and even growing in soil, I don't see any bugs really. So, well, you know, I live in, in, a, in a little bit more of a tropical style environment mm-hmm. and, and these gnats are here all the time year round. So, I mean, all it takes is one or two of them, one pregnant gnat to get into your tent and next thing you know, you got fungus gnats. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I'm sure they've flown into my tent before and I've not seen it, but there are ways of mitigating that with, with cocoa. You, you will see fungus gnats, but yeah, you can use things like mosquito dunks is one way. You can also use uh, beneficial nematodes uh, to, to, uh, get rid of them there's other other things but cocoa does have that just like soil you're going to have fungus nets yeah man uh, you just one of those things which you have to keep an eye out for you know bugs do arise in cocoa but they are much easier to get rid of yeah um i've not had like i haven't had thrips set up shop in cocoa yet and i haven't had well not oh that's what i got that it wasn't fungus nets 
It was thrips in the Pragon thing. That's what I had. Fucking thrips, man. And they was a mm. bastard to get rid of. They were. God damn. Yeah. yeah I always have thrips and gnats. Always. Our little bastards. I just manage, so. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. You find the right they don't, one. They're never overwhelming, but yeah, through like IPM and, and various methods, mm-hmm. compost tea sprays and things. Yeah. Don't don't expect to start up as, as an expert, but all these little tricks that we're talking about, yeah, as you get your media dialed in, you'll learn all about the little extras to get your fungus gnats under control. You'll do it your way, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what homegrown is all about. Do it I'd, the best I'd way say to do. Like unless you're like growing in a super sterile, like hydroponics, maybe like true DWC type shit. Mm-hmm. It's if you see a few bugs, don't like lose your shit. You know, it's, no. it's pretty okay as long as you don't let do nothing about those bugs and then let them flourish and then then you're fucked but you know don't like freak out because it's it's like the perfect environment for bugs to be honest especially in an indoor tent it's like the garden of eden if you was a bug where would you want to live no yeah Yeah, all the food you want and no predators to to bother you yeah perfect Mm -hmm. let's eat some cannabis that's about i mean of course that's not about it this subject can go on for fucking ages you talk about cocoa for a long time but that's that's pretty much everything you need to know to get your your cocoa grow started and to the end successfully it's really easy man and of course if you need any help at all you can find us over on postusgrowing.com we're always happy to help and there's plenty of cocoa growers over there who are always happy to help as well so you're not on your own try this shit out because the plants grow fast they grow happy they grow tasty you know, some good shit, man. I've grown many, many cocoa plants that turned out to be fucking epic. Yeah, so, cocoa has the ability of really, uh, it, it, when done right and dialed in correctly, you can get really high yields in small spaces mm, with cocoa. Mm. So if you're trying to get max yield out in, in small tents, might be worth a look. Mm. Um, but like I said, just don't don't have to think just, uh, oh, I'm not doing cocoa because it's salt and, and it's artificial. It doesn't have to be. I throw microbes in mine all the time. So, you know. Some people Mix use them up. grow dots as well, don't they? They were mentioned in the chat there. You can just put the grow dots in and it'll release nutrients over time. As long as you keep the pH 5.8, everything should be yeah. fine. Yeah, Shonuff does over at Percy's does that. He's given out some good information on that. And uh, if people want to know if you're having problems with grow dots, drop by Percy's and ask us. You know, so we just, might have some information. So just one quick question here from Beaker Bongs. Uh, he, put, he put it over on the forum earlier on today which gave us the idea to do a worm farm episode. He said, are there any companies that are UK-based you'd recommend for starting a worm farm? And how much does it cost roughly to get one started? I'm looking to get everything together ready for the spring. Why wait for spring, man? You can get started now, bro. You can make your own pretty easy by just using a few buckets and you stack them on top of each other and the worms will grow at different levels of it. But you can buy like something that's designed specifically to be a worm farm for about £100 which uh, it's, it might be a little expensive to start off with, but it, it, will, it will last a long time and you'll get a shitload of worms out of it. And you can just expand the worm farm as, the, as they grow. There's, lo- there's loads of sites as well, which you can, um, there'll be somewhere local to you probably in the UK. There'll be somewhere local where you can Google and just be like, can I buy worms from you guys? And you can go and pick them up because otherwise they're going to send them to you in, a, like, in like a bag. They can post them to you in a bag and a parcel that will be with you in 24 hours, but you want them to be there within 24 hours. Otherwise they can start suffering and die because nothing for them to eat. 
So you, you can go and pick them up usually. Loads of people doing worms nowadays in the UK. You can find them pretty easy. And you can get a bag of a good amount of worms, 500 worms or something for about £15. Man. It's not expensive. You just need somewhere for them to live. And they can live in a fucking bucket as long as they got the right kind of um, environment to live in. And that's cocoa as well. They can grow, put a layer of cocoa down with some cardboard on top of that and then put the worms on top of that with their soil and shit. Happy as Larry, man. They'll be off. They'll be eating that cocoa, man. Mm-hmm. They'll go crazy on it. But they, they nest in the cocoa. They like to just hide down there, lay some eggs. And the, I use peat in mine, but same yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. same, same kind of shit. Yeah. And they'll be happy, man. On that note, the vermicombo, I know that was for the, the UK question, but yeah, like, um, I can speak to one thing. If you have pet stores around, sometimes they sell... Like I'm just on my my Sask Waste Reduction Council website, and they have like a list of where to buy worms in Saskatchewan here. Mm-hmm. And they say that like we have a store called PetSmart that you can mm-hmm. buy 24 adult worms for 4.99, and they're sold as live pet food. So as long mm-hmm. as they're the right species, which I'm sure if you ask the pet store people, if they were, you could go get them there. Which is the, kind of uh, night crawlers, tiger worms, and mm-hmm. the, the other one, the red wigglers. Red wigglers, red wigglers, yeah. wigglers yeah. come and yeah. get them but, free. Um, so that's one kind of general like note for everybody, you know, no matter where you are in the world, if you have a pet store near you, it'd be worth looking there. If you're in Saskatchewan, um, especially in Saskatoon here or the surrounding area, I will personally give you worms if you are listening <laughs> to somehow in this small province. Earthworms, right, Teach? Um, yeah. Well, no, I have <laughs> not those worms. Yeah, no, you know, uh, good worms, composting worms. Um, but if you're not around me, I can give you some links because I have a bunch of companies uh, available here that I know of that do ship to anywhere in Canada mm-hmm. um, quite efficiently and they're good quality. So if anybody in Canada needs worms, DM me uh, through the various methods um, and yeah, I can help you out with uh, getting some worms. Yeah, and if you need worms in the UK as well, then message Mrs. M on the forum and she'll be able to point you in the right direction to get some as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found yeah. worms. That, they had worms at our farmer's market yesterday. Oh, a really? lady set up there selling worm castings, worms, and worm tea. You That's all need to do worm farms, man. Everybody needs yeah. to get their worm farm up and running. Everybody needs that shit. And we'll cover it's it in more detail in a couple of weeks. But it's something yeah, yeah. we should be doing. It's hard not to talk about it because it's so cool and it's so useful and it's so easy. And it's like, there's nothing bad about it. It's so fucking cool. Mm. You know? Like all win-win. Win, win with the I think a lot about the dumb and dumber, you know, when, when they're like, yeah, we're going to have a worm farm or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like now it's like, yeah, no worm farm. <laughs> <laughs> totally. They were right. Fucking mm-hmm. Harry and Lloyd. Anyway. Right. So, yeah. yeah, that's it for the grow guides. I think that's everything covered. That's the list of mail question answered. If you have any questions, suggestions, feedback, anything like that, then you can find us over on Percy'sGrowRoom.com where you can still sign up for absolutely free. There is no fee. Okay. For a limited no. time only. Limited time only. <laughs> Tell me. And there we go, everybody. That was everything you need to know about growing in cocoa, really. But of course, we might have missed some things out or some things might not be clear for you. So if you have any questions at all, don't be afraid to come and ask us. You can find us over on percysgrowroom.com. You can sign up to the forum for free. 
or you can join us on our discord server the link to the discord will be in the description of this download so just go there click on the description and we'll see you over there in the discord server again don't forget we have a live show on sunday over on our youtube channel youtube.com slash high and homegrown if you head there now you will see the stream is already scheduled you'll see what time it starts for you in your location so make sure you head there check it out hit the notification bell so you get reminded and of course hit subscribe as well we're very close to 2000 subscribers now so if you haven't subscribed to the youtube channel yet you can help us out massively by going there hitting subscribe and let's see if we can hit that 2k as soon as possible but anyway thank you for downloading and listening to the show we appreciate every single one of you guys and i hope you enjoyed the episode we'll catch you on sunday for the live show but if not we'll catch you on monday for the cannabis news we have an awesome interview with chris trump that's coming out on wednesday for you guys as well and we'll have the grow guides where we cover the living soil on friday so we'll see you on sunday but if not we'll see you next week stay high stay safe we'll see you then goodbye <laughs>